0: In a world where time is a huge thing, it's hard to manage when you perceive and feel time in a way that people often don't understand. The ADHD brain has a unique way of functioning with time, and whether you are time-insensitive or nearsighted, it's not always easy to adapt. And it goes far beyond arriving late or having a fixation on time by fear of being late. It's being under the impression that you have plenty of time and Paradoxically, thinking that there isn't enough. Being time-insensitive was a major issue for me, and if it's one you have on your list, this conversation is for you. Welcome to the show. Honey, have you seen my keys? Huh! forget it, they're in my hand. There's more to ADHD than being easily distracted, scattered, or a master procrastinator. Being different is not a disability, and it's about damn time we break free from the shackles of society's labels and stigma. Hey there, I'm Zarina Boily, a French-Canadian journalist who found out had a uniquely wired brain at 40 and became a certified ADHD coach. This podcast brings forth a different perception of ADHD to help you amplify your brilliance and Phenomenally stand out. Thanks for flying with us. Have a great day. Ready to blast off? Three, two, one. Welcome aboard. What's your relationship with time besides the fact that you may often be late for work, to an appointment, or a meeting? Do you sometimes fear not having enough time, or, on the contrary, have plenty to do what needs to be done? When you start a project or begin working on a report you need to produce and that has a deadline, do you often realize along the way that you underestimated the time it would take to accomplish it? Time is tricky for us adults with ADHD and a difficult thing to manage. The American Heritage Medical Dictionary's definition of time is a duration or relation of events expressed in terms of past, present and future and measured in units such as seconds, minutes, hours, days, months or years, a certain period during which something is done. It might be somewhat comforting to know that every human perceives time differently. Time is a concept that is a mentally and biologically construct that is innate to humans and many other animals. The concept has three components, perception of time, time sequencing, and time reproduction. Time processing refers to having the ability to record and estimate how much time is passing. When we study time, we also look at the focus and speed of processing of time perception. For us with ADHD, we may have no memory or context of the past because we never pause to pay attention to the time duration a task required for completion. And there usually is only now and not now for us. And now is only about four seconds long. Time flows differently for us with ADHD. When we're bored, time goes really, really slow. But when we're engaged or hyper-focused, time flies by without us even noticing it. It's true This happens in the population in general, but again, the intensity is greater for us with ADHD. When a project or a goal expands across time, it becomes harder and harder for us to stay connected to the end result we are shooting for. Not only was time insensitivity a huge obstacle I was able to overcome, but there were plenty of lessons ADHD taught me in doing so. The concept of time, to me, felt and still feels abstract – I know it exists, that I gain a lot to pay more attention to it, but trying to navigate a timeline is difficult for me. I know it's passing, but it's something external to me, so I lose track of it fairly easily. Like the song Time written by Pink Floyd, one of my favorite groups that goes like this, Taken away the moments that make up a dull day, fritter and waste the hours in an offhand way, kicking around on a piece of ground in your hometown, waiting for someone or something to show you the way. Another verse in the song goes like this, Every year is getting shorter, never seem to find the time, plans that either come to naught or half a page of scribbled lines, hanging on a quiet desperation is the English way, the time is gone, the song is over, thought I'd something more to say. Even if I was able to create some kind of distance between past, present, and future, like I mentioned in episode 13, because with ADHD, all three are happening all at the same time. If I look at the clock and it's 9 a.m., well, it's still 9 a.m., 30, 40, or 60 minutes later. Does this happen to you? As if time just stands still in my mind, you know? Like, you don't really feel like the minutes and the hours are just going by. Also, maybe you had a hard time memorizing the 12 months of the year in order from January to December, you know, when you were a kid. Or was it learning and remembering multiplying in math that was hard for you? If someone asks you what you had for dinner three days ago, do you feel like a gymnast on the mat and the bars at the same time trying to remember? Yes, this has to do with working memory, which I will talk about in the next episode of Phenomenally ADHD. But it also has to do with time insensitivity because the fact is that ADHD challenges don't show up one at a time. Nope. They like parties, so they come in groups. When you know what challenges manifest when and how, you stop feeling like a total stranger at the party or, you know, have the feeling that you arrived late and everyone is looking at you. Let's say that you get to the end of your day and feel like you haven't accomplished much. What challenges might show up then? Transitioning, as you think that you need to keep working at what you're doing because you're not where you thought you would be with that report or are afraid to miss the deadline of that important presentation you are working on. Perfectionism may have invited itself to the party as well, since you believe that your presentation needs to be done following a specific order of topics and from slide 1 to 20, when in fact, you could be working on slide number 8 without the previous ones being done. There's a lot of research documenting that children with ADHD have an impaired sense of time and... That's because, you know, areas of the brain that control our perception of time, working memory, like I mentioned, are affected. In a 2003 article published in the Journal of Child Psychology and Psychiatry, researchers did find that children with ADHD who also have a reading disorder have even more challenges with timing skills. In 2016, another research confirmed that time reproduction is impaired in both children and adults with ADHD. Here are a few tips to help you with time insensitivity. Triple your time estimates. So if you think it's going to take 30 minutes, multiply by three. If you think it's going to take 10 minutes, multiply by 3. That will really, really, really help. Because if your day is so full, you know, with things that you think you can accomplish mathematically, well, it's not going to work because your estimate is wrong. By multiplying by 3, you avoid that. And I would also add that putting a time of pause between you know two meetings or two different tasks uh, is also a good thing it can be you know as short as 5 minutes but allow yourself to be able to transition a little bit easier tip number 2 create prompts to remind you to watch and register time I do this all the time. Like, I mean, I practiced and practiced. And that's why I'm better at really have a better feeling of time passing by. Tip number three, learn to under-promise so you can over-deliver. That is a big one. A big, big one. Because when you tie it up or add it to triple your time estimate well, it's going to make a huge difference. These may seem, you know, overly simple, but trust me, if you try them long enough, you will realize that they do work really, really, really well. And in coaching... We do that and we also explore and go deeper to uncover the beliefs about time and being late, Um, identify future expectations and strategies, as well as systems to reach those expectations. ADHD coaching is all about helping you have those shifts to move away from a what's not working perspective to an open, curious mindset. Because when your focus is on what works, what you are great at, that you master, it will expand. And that is also true if your focus is on everything that is not working or, you know, is going wrong. That's how ADHD can become a teacher instead of an obstacle. Your level of awareness will go up, your self esteem will too. Your acceptance toward yourself expands and deepens as well. And by teacher, I mean that it allows you to learn and develop the skills needed to reduce the impacts of the challenges you are experiencing. For example, knowing that not being able to get moving on something that you have or need to do has nothing to do with being lazy makes a big difference. Scientific research confirms that as ADDers, it's not that we don't want to do what we have to do, is that when we try harder in situations of pressure and or boredom, we just shut down. So the harder we try, the worse it gets. It has nothing to do with whether we won't do what is in front of us. It's just that sometimes We simply can't. So learning about and from ADHD through a coaching perspective gives you a lot of possibilities, changes a lot of things, and contributes to transforming your life. There are ways, a lot of ways, we can find to spark what is necessary to enable us to get in action instead of forcing something on our brains and ourselves that just won't work. And to tell you the truth, the day I realized that if I worked with my brain instead of against it, I mean, it made a huge difference. And it reminds me of a time in my coaching um, training where we were actually practicing and I was the client. And when we did that, we needed to come with a real issue. And for me, filing was something I really needed to get right. So in the coaching practice, I bring that up and, you know, the teacher who is an ADHD coach really pointed out to me after a few minutes how many times I had said the word fun. And it was just like such an aha moment for me because from that day, I kind of really integrated that if it's fun, it's going to be easier for me. And he said, well, you know, what's fun for you when you do something? What What did you like doing when you were a kid? And so I like, you know, playing with my friends and going outside. I was more a, you know, playing with trucks than playing with dolls. And I really liked any everything that was creative, coloring, You know, crafting stuff. And then I realized that if I used color to work with my brain, it would get really, really, really easy to create a filing system that worked for me. And to this day, I still remember that I had red, yellow, orange, blue, and green files, and I still remember the topics of a lot of those files, and that was about 10 years ago. So never underestimate the little things that you can do to learn how to work with your brain, because, I mean, when it becomes an ally, things really, really begin to shift and change. So here are other tips that I want to share with you, because I really want you to get the most out of these podcast episode. And yes, sometimes you may feel that they are kind of a mini coaching session, but that's what I do best. I mean, that's my X factor. So I want to make sure that you are fully equipped to, you know, move on and try those little tips. Okay, so reverse planning is something that can help you be better with time. This might not work if you're time nearsighted because, you know, there's a fear of being late that causes anxiety and, you know, you will do everything to make sure that you're on time. But it's great if you're late more often than not, like I was. Reverse planning goes like this. So let's say I have an appointment at 3 p.m., I will reverse planning, tr- taking the time to think of each element that I need to put in. So, if I want to be at my appointment at three, what time do I need to leave home? If I need to leave home half an hour before, what time do I need to be ready? Let's say it's two thirty. If I need to be ready at two thirty, what time? Do I need to stop to start preparing? Let's say 2:15, so 15 minutes to get ready. If I want to start getting ready at 2:15, what time do I need to stop working? And so on. And you do that until you know it's okay. It's 6:30. The alarm goes off, and I get up. So you plan your day backwards and that was such a game changer for me. Now, looking at ADHD differently to bring a new perception and rewrite the script means stretching things and trying to make connections that allow us to expand how we see it and find meaning. When you start asking yourself, what's your purpose in this life? Why did you come here? And what for? And try to make sense of your life experience? Do you find yourself questioning just about everything? Finding meaning is something fundamental for us with ADHD. Regardless of whether we have ADHD or not, I think everyone is born with a set of gifts, talents, and abilities that make them unique. If you're talented or gifted in something, something that comes naturally to you, you may even underestimate it or dishonor it without being conscious of it because it's so easy for you. The sad thing is that we sometimes forget what they are or how to use them because we get caught up in our fears, belief systems, and subconscious conditioning. We end up staying in a place where we feel secure, our comfort zone, when in reality, it's not comfortable at all. That was actually a shock to me when I heard a well-respected coach here in Quebec, Martin Latulipe, say that in a master class. At first, I couldn't wrap my head around it, but what he meant made a lot of sense. If I remember correctly, he explained that our comfort zone or security zone actually brings a false sense of security. But it's not until we move out of that zone that we realize that, in fact, it's true. One of the reasons and what inspires me the most are people who think differently, who challenge what we know, and it's also something I like doing. That's why I want to look at ADHD as being a teacher instead of an obstacle, to stretch even a tiny bit the way you perceive yourself as an adhd -er. If you listened to episode eight, there are a lot of reasons to love your ADHD brain as there are many that make it or can make it your teacher. There's no denying the fact that awareness about ADHD is crucially important. It helps to put words on a particular reality that comes with particular challenges. Being able to understand ourselves and ADHD better means that we are able to explain how and why we do things the way we do. We may not always feel understood, but our explanations stop sounding like excuses. Knowing time insensitivity explained why I was late all the time or forgot my appointments, even important ones, was such a relief. It also lifted a lot of guilt because all I did was apologize for not being on time. My negative self talk and the way I would judge myself took a toll on my self esteem. That was more painful than I realized at the time. I would ruminate and ask myself over and over again without ever finding the answer to questions like, Why am I always late? How can I forget my appointment to the hairdresser? What's wrong with me? Why is it that other people are always on time or even arrive a few minutes in advance when I'm always running to avoid being late and I fail at it every single time? Sorry I'm late was my mantra, and every time the feeling was the same. I was frustrated and felt disrespectful of other people's time. And to make myself feel a little better, I would jokingly say that I was late because I was born in Nova Scotia, which is when I were ahead of Quebec. Strangely, I was rarely late for work, and that added to the lack of understanding as to how it was possible for me to be on time and to also be late. That was a total mystery to me until I found out that time insensitivity was an ADHD trait, that it was a puzzle I could find the pieces to and put together to make sense of it in my world. As a coach, regardless of what your challenges are, that's exactly what I help you do. Find the pieces of your puzzle so you can put your world together. Over the years, it became clear to me that if I wanted and chose to, I could develop the skills required to better be able to shift things, such as being late 12 times out of 10 to being on time, 8 times out of 10, reacting with less impulse or becoming better with planning and money management. Where I'm getting with this is that thanks to the particular aspect in my world, I was able to learn quite a bit about what was in the way of my ability to be on time, what I could put in place to help me be on time, and the results were absolutely astonishing. Somehow, I became more aware, more present, because my goal was that time wouldn't be a challenge anymore And I was able to do that to a certain extent, of course. I stopped running left and right to avoid being late. I also became more conscious about how I spoke about time and changed how I perceived it. Am I still time sensitive? Do I sometimes fall into the trap of there's not enough time? Yes, and I still find it difficult sometimes to estimate how much time doing something will take and this podcast is a constant remember of that because it always takes longer than I thought to prepare an episode. But you know what? That's something I can live with because I know that I will get better at it. Now, if I need to go somewhere, I rock at determining what I need to do to be on time. And that's the reverse planning I was talking about before. That's the power of ADHD coaching that is designed as a pause to explore what the particular ADHD puzzle pieces are for you, how together we can assemble them to get the big picture so you can create a life you want for yourself. That right there is another reason why I'm so convinced that there is a lot we can learn from ADHD, but for that to happen, we need to start working with our brain and stop fighting it. The day that your brain becomes your greatest ally is the day you change how you experience life with ADHD, and that's major. Becoming less insensitive with time taught me a lot about myself, so ADHD is actually amazing for self-discovery. Yes, it can be pretty intense, but it is equally worth it. With time and sensitivity, I actually learned and practiced creating some distance between present, past, and future, A gap just big enough so that losing track of time, for example, doesn't happen so much unless I'm like totally into something, hyper-focused and, you know, passionate and everything else. Because that is something that was also part of my reality, you know? What else did I learn? Developing the skills that I needed to be better with time taught me that I was able to change a habit and create new ones. That it's okay to be the way I am. That even though I was doing that to be respectful of other people's time, it was toward myself. I was showing respect. And I'm not saying it's not okay if being on time is not important to you or saying that you are a disrespectful person. If ADHD shows up differently for everyone, what challenges you want to take on first will also be different. It doesn't mean that one way is better than the other. It simply means that because that specific challenge is impacting so many areas of your life, that it's the one you seek improvement for. Another thing that I learned with time insensitivity is that if I was able to create a totally different reality with my perception of time, it was inevitably possible to do so with other ADHD aspects. I was able to actually do it with impulsivity, hyperactivity, and it made a huge, huge, huge difference. The way we feel time is not always easy, but it can become easier to be less insensitive unless nothing is done about it. Oh, and I forgot to mention that if you are under the impression that you haven't accomplished that much on any given day, take the time to sit down and write down everything you have done from the moment you woke up to house chores to work tasks. Looking at what you did instead of everything that you didn't will definitely change how you see your day. Another thing that you can do is share what you did today with your spouse. If you want to know how I may be able to help you with coaching, feel free to book a discovery session to find out more. And until we connect again, remember that ADHD doesn't define who you are. It is part of who you are. I so appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you. If this episode resonated with you, let me know what valuable insight you're taking away and how you can implement it right now. Don't hesitate to leave a review on your favorite platform and share on social media. Until next time on Phenomenally ADHD, own your genius because you rock just the way you are.